Hi everyone and welcome to the Say As It Is with Pete podcast series. I'm Pete, your host, and each week I will bring you some frank and honest conversations covering various topics from learning and development, friendships, funding, HR, strengths, recruitment, ESG, well-being, ED&I, employability, and much, much more. So let's get this week's episode underway and say as it is. Hi everybody, welcome to this special episode of Say As It Is With Pete. I'm Pete, your host, as we have a frank, honest conversation around various topics. And today is the third episode in the instalment this week. Um, And it is all around National Apprenticeship Week uh, 2024. So, um, Each day has its very own theme. So we've had all about apprenticeships on Monday. We had Employer Tuesday. And today, Wednesday, midweek. Well, what does Wednesday have in store? Well, Wednesday is actually Apprentice Day. Now, according to the National Apprenticeship Service, Wednesday is um, the time for apprentices to tell their story, promote what is possible to achieve through doing an apprenticeship, sharing their apprenticeship journey and also showing it's a time to shine, but also for people to potentially start searching or start their journey on their uh, apprenticeship. Now, you'll probably see on social media that a lot of uh, companies will allow apprentices to take over their social media for the day and do various different things on social media from TikToks to Snapchats to Instagram to Twitter posts or X posts they're now known as, uh, to LinkedIn, to doing question answer sessions. So the apprentices really have a fun day today of really showcasing what they get out of doing an apprenticeship. Um, And there are some amazing success stories. And I've had the privilege over uh, the last several years um, to witness some amazing success stories and see how some apprentices have grown and developed. And as this is the 17th annual celebration of National Apprenticeship Week, it's great to keep seeing those amazing stories of success, achievement, milestones that are met, how people have gone from being the quiet, shy type to kind of the, you know, their the confidence has grown uh, and they've gained a lot of different skills and abilities from um, doing their apprenticeship which is fantastic. But as always, and as we look at Apprentice Wednesday, I am going to put a bit of a twist on it. Um, And I'm going to provide some, hopefully, some useful information, advice and guidance to potential apprentices that are out there or apprentices that are currently on their journey to help you out. Um, And for anyone that's looking or investing in an apprenticeship, then I'm um, happy to provide you some additional information. Now, one of the things about doing an apprenticeship, if you're currently on one, what I would say is celebrate every milestone. Celebrate when you complete an assignment. Celebrate when you're given some really good feedback on your research and things. You know, when you reach those milestones within your apprenticeship, celebrate them. Um, Shout about it to your manager to the apprenticeship teams the hr team you know when you're ahead of your progress so if you're supposed to be on um 45 progress um but you're actually on 65 percent, celebrate it even if you're just on 45 percent where you should be still celebrate your success and we should never 
you know, forget that because every part of this apprenticeship journey is about celebrating your success and your milestones. But there's also other things that you can do why you're an apprentice, which we'll come on to later. But there, some of the things that we're going to cover is, you know, looking how you can search for an apprenticeship. Now, when you are looking for an apprenticeship, there are, you can type in find an apprenticeship and it will come up with um, the government's website for find an apprenticeship. Uh, you can also go to um, not go to uni or get my first job. Uh, where there's loads of different apprenticeships available and you can take a look at the different kind of apprenticeships that are out there and trust me there are a lot of apprenticeships available so have that little bit of a research but you know when you're researching an apprenticeship think about what you want to do now i know like gaming is a big thing at the moment and there are gaming apprenticeships out there so some of those may be four days at at the work placement and then one day spent in a kind of college uh, to do the kind of the, the the knowledge elements and the assignments um and the learning around the qualification so just make sure you have a good search out there and you find what's kind of good for you and if you want to know kind of what apprenticeships are available as such you can go to the institute for apprenticeships and you can find out lots more about apprenticeships themselves, but you can also do an apprenticeship search. And you can look under the different categories from agriculture to management to engineering to software development to all sorts. And you can see what qualifications or apprenticeship standards there are. And you can then see what's involved in that apprenticeship. Um, and there are three elements of an apprenticeship, knowledge, skills and behaviours. So... You can have a look at those and then there is additional information which is on the endpoint assessment so the endpoint assessment is the final thing you do as part of your apprenticeship so when you've done all your learning and all your assignments and off your job hours and everything like that you will then do an endpoint assessment which can consist of a project a discussion um, it could be an exam that you may have to take i don't like the word exam it's just a knowledge test uh, to test your knowledge from what you've learned over the duration of your apprenticeship um, and if you have a professional discussion that's even better because that will cover what you've put together in your portfolio um, and those endpoint assessments are not bad they you know the providers get you really ready for them so don't stress when it comes to an endpoint assessment but what you'll find is that with the apprenticeship there is a set framework or curriculum to follow and you have to be mindful of that as an apprentice you know doing an apprenticeship it is going to be your time dedication and commitment doing an apprenticeship means that you can earn while you learn so you know someone that is in education i'm not against colleges or universities but in a college and university you're you're just learning the theory and the practice you know you're not doing any practical you're not learning on the job so although i would say if you like <coughs> to go to college or university, great. Uh, but you get a lot more out of doing an apprenticeship in the workplace, hence the earn while you learn. Because yes, you're learning the knowledge. Yes, you're learning the skills and behaviours, but you're getting that hands-on experience, which is probably more than what you would get in a college or university setting. But look at those apprenticeships, see what there is. Look at the endpoint assessment, see what's going to be required of you, because you need to commit and there's one thing that you always do when you enroll onto apprenticeship and that's a commitment statement saying that you'll commit 
to completing your apprenticeship, you'll commit to doing what's required. The employer has a commitment as well. So don't worry about that. But the framework is all the curriculum is only built up of the apprenticeship standard. So you'll learn the knowledge, skills and behaviours. It will consist of your endpoint assessment and it will consist of maths and English, the dreaded maths and English. OK, so when you do your maths and English, if you are currently left school, um, then, you know, you may be exempt from completing your maths and English functional skills. Um, but if you haven't done maths or English for a very, very long time, you haven't got the certificates, um, then there is a very good chance you may have to do your maths and English. And especially for older apprentices, the kind of 25 pluses, um, you know, it's terrifying thinking you have to do maths and English again. Why do I need it? I'm not going to use it. Well, actually, it's good to keep your skills up to date and you'll be surprised. You have to do what you call an initial assessment. And the initial assessment is to gauge your current level of maths and English as they are now. And it goes from what we call an entry three, which is the lowest level, to a level two, which is the highest level. So when doing them, it kind of gauges from your answers what you've got. And that helps the training provider understand, you know, where you are with your maths and English levels right now. And if there's any additional support or learning needed to be provided. Now, if you've already achieved your um, maths and English and you don't need to do it because you're exempt, just be mindful that part of your enrollment, you still have to do your initial assessments. You will obviously be exempt, but as part of that enrollment process, there's, <coughs> excuse me, there's no getting out of it. You still have to do those initial assessments. Bummer, I know, but don't worry. But what you'll find is once they're done, you're exempt, happy days, it means you can spend more time on the learning side which is really, really good. What I also will say as well is that when you have your enrollment, you're always going to be probably be in two parts. One, which will be in your enrollment. So that will be filling out all your online documentation, providing your right to work to show that you're eligible to be on, to, to undertake an apprenticeship. And normally the eligibility is that you're 16 plus, that you are a UK or EU citizen, and that you have lived and worked in the UK for more than three years. Um, now, you're probably thinking 16, haven't worked yet, but it doesn't matter. You're a UK citizen, so you'll be fine. And there are some exemptions uh, or leeways in regards to people being eligible for apprenticeships, depending on their, you know, their visa settlement or their visa or settlement status, um, if they're a refugee or things like that. So um, it, it does vary. So, for example, the, with the Ukraine war, if somebody from the Ukraine is wanting an apprenticeship, then they are allowed to do an apprenticeship as per the funding rules. Um, but we're not yet tied up with funding rules because as apprentices, you don't really need to know that. But just be aware that there will be a uh, enrollment process. And then once that enrollment process is done, which also includes you completing your uh, maths and English initial assessments, you will then have a tutor induction. And your tutor induction only lasts about an hour and a half to two hours. And it's where you get to meet your tutor and you get introduced to the course, you do a little bit of learning, um, and then you kickstart your kind of qualification. Now, I will say this, um, sometimes we don't gel so well with our tutors. We all face that, yeah? So if you feel that you're not gelling with your tutor, or you don't get on with your tutor, then you can ask the training provider for a new tutor. So don't feel that the two you've got you're stuck with, you can always ask for somebody else. 
um, because you got to get to know each other. So if, if you turn and say, well, I don't actually like so-and-so because I just don't get on with them and I find them difficult and challenging, can I have somebody else? Then it may take a little bit of time, but they will probably give you a new tutor. So that's a top tip. But one of the things that you've also got to remember is that although you're searching for an apprenticeship and you may find one that you want, it's, you know, whether you're just looking at the standards and you come across an apprenticeship on the Institute for Apprenticeships and think, actually, I'm interested in doing this. How can I apply for a job with this? Then there is a find, um, you know, find an apprenticeship. You can click on that button and then that will help you find uh, apprenticeships relating to that qualification by employers who are offering that out to you. Another top tip for you apprentices is um, the rate of pay. Now, I will be honest, the rate of pay for an apprentice is not that great. Fortunately, the UK government has still not figured this out. Currently, the rate is about 5.88 an hour, £5.88. There's no way you can live on £5.88. And I'm an advocate for apprentice wage um, in it being abolished. Not that we keep it, we abolish it. It should never be used. Now, there is something that says if you're 16 to 19 and you're in your first year of an apprenticeship, you can be paid the apprentice wage. Anything over 19, you have to be paid accordingly. Now, as an advocate for making sure that apprentices are not paid that wage, and from the 1st of April, it goes up to £6.44, still not enough, right? So I much say that you want to be searching for employers that are offering an apprenticeship at a higher rate. You're probably not going to get your 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 pounds an hour job, but you want to be looking for roles that pay anything from about uh, 11.75 upwards because the national minimum wage is currently going to increase. Um, it's going to increase to 11.44 or 11 pounds 44 from the 1st of April 2024. So look for anything from kind of the national minimum wage upwards. That's your safe bet. Because you've got to think, if you're doing an apprenticeship, your wage is going to be slightly less than those that you currently work with. But a good thing is, once you've done your apprenticeship, your salary would increase. Some employers have a benefit where if you're doing really well on your apprenticeship within the first six months, they may increase your salary accordingly. So just be mindful of that and try and steer away from those that are just paying the bare minimum £6.44 because you're not going to enjoy it. The support is not going to be there. It's cheap labor. And that's what we want to get away from. And, and nobody should be paying the 644 to anybody. So just be mindful when you're looking for an apprenticeship, just check the wage and just be mindful that the salary may be a little bit less than you expect. But don't worry, you're doing an apprenticeship. And then hopefully when your apprenticeship finishes, you can then get that pay rise. But remember, stick to that baseline of about 11.44 upwards. Also, you know, as I say, review what's on offer and review the qualification and see if it really interests you. Also, as I say, you can review the Institute for Apprenticeship website as it has all the apprenticeships that you need to know and find. But also what I would say is another key thing is if you're applying for an apprenticeship that is being offered by a company, research that company. Uh, don't just click apply, 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 because you think if I apply, I'm going to get an apprenticeship somewhere. Actually research that employer. See if that employer is for you. Now, a lot of recruitment and apprenticeships are kind of learner-led or led by employers. So I should say recruitment in general is, is currently candidate-led. And the landscape for recruitment is changing, where it's more in the hands of the kind of the candidate and the employer. 
Whereas before it was just all the interviewer and the employer, nothing. But the game is changing and the landscape is changing. So what you should do is if you find an apprenticeship with an employer, research that employer, see where they're based. Can you travel there comfortably? So is it easy for you to get to from home to work and back again? What are they requiring of you? But look at the company website. Go and have a look. Is that an environment I want to look at? You know, look at their Indeed reviews. Look at Glassdoor. Look at Google reviews because it's going to give you an insight of the company. But also, if you're having to go for an interview with that employer, at least you've done your research on the employer. And you can say to the employer when they say to you, what do you know about us as a company? You can say, well, actually, I did some research and I found out that you do X, Y and Z. Or when I see you put a social media post out about X, Y and Z, it shows that you've taken the time and that you're genuine and interested and keen to work for that employer. And that goes a long way. And what I will say is look at their social media, you know, or go on to LinkedIn. And if you don't have a LinkedIn account, LinkedIn is fantastic. LinkedIn is the professional network to linking in with professionals in different sectors. So see if you can, you know, it's a prof it's not like Facebook. It's not where you post your selfie pics with your lips pouting and, you know, oh, look at me. It's not. It's a professional website and it's free. So you can create yourself a LinkedIn profile. You can upload your CV and you can search for jobs and potential apprenticeships. But also, if you've got an employer that you're really thinking, actually, they're offering this apprenticeship, let me go find out a bit more about this company. You can find out things on LinkedIn about them. You can also look at the people that work there that are linked to the, to the organization. And you might find someone in HR or an apprenticeship lead and reach out to them and say, hi, I've seen an apprenticeship on your website. Can I talk to you about it? So think about connecting that way as well, because you know, even if you're looking to get into a career and you want to speak to someone in a career that you're looking to get into, you can find them on LinkedIn and send them a message and have a chat with them and ask them genuine questions. So if you want to ever reach out to me on LinkedIn, you can always find me on LinkedIn. But you can also ask me questions about L&D, recruitment, HR. Um, you can ask me about the airline industry. You can ask me about anything. And I'll be more than happy to help you. Um, because I've got vast amounts of knowledge there that I'm happy to share. And if someone comes to me and says, hi, Pete, I've seen your profile. I see that you do L&D at Omni FM. Uh, also seeing that you've done recruitment before. Um, I'm interested in getting into these areas. Can you help me? What steps should I follow? So, for example, this week, only for three days, I have an apprentice, not an apprentice, but I have somebody on work placement with me. We've already had a, a sit down discussion to find out what he wants to do when he leaves school. And I've been able to adapt the work experience placement to suit those needs for what he's looking for and provide him with some key insights into helping him prepare and get ready for the working world. So it's always key to link in with someone. And, and as him linking in with me, I've been able to show him LinkedIn and tell him how he can link in with people within the um, architect uh, sector to to gain more knowledge from them and a better understanding now i've already spoken about maths and english and as i said it is part of the apprenticeship unfortunately there's no getting away from it so if you already have your maths and english um at the right levels great you'll be exempt from your apprenticeship but if you haven't and you didn't get the grades you actually wanted 
there is another chance of doing it. So if you flunked at maths and English and you did really poorly during your GCSEs, for example, or you didn't even do them because you didn't do education in this country, you have a chance to get it and you get another go. Okay. And there's great support and learning around functional skills in maths and English. And it's not as bad as you think. The maths is normally three scenarios around, around kind of day-to-day -day life scenarios. And then you'll find with the English, it's a mixture of reading, writing, speaking, and listening. Very simple and straightforward for both qualifications. And once you've got them, they're for life. So if you then do another apprenticeship, you don't have to worry about your maths and English because you've already achieved it before. Also, a thing to consider is the duration of the apprenticeship. Now, long gone are the days when an apprenticeship was a week, three months, six months. You know, it, they're, they're all gone. You, you can't, we, we can't do that anymore. And they were poor qualification deliveries. And you'd be glad to know that over the years, it's improved a lot. And the standard delivery for an apprenticeship is about 12 to 18 months. The higher the levels, the longer the qualification, because you're going up the levels, you're going into, you know, it, with the higher levels, so levels fours, fives, six, and sevens, you're moving into the grounds of a foundation degree, to a degree, to a doctorate, to a HND. So yes, you can do an apprenticeship in the work placement and still gain an equivalent qualification that is equivalent to a foundation degree, a degree, a doctorate, or HND. So Yes, you can do that. But another bonus is that there's no cost to you because it's paid by the employer and it's all funded by the apprenticeship levy. So it's free. There's no student debts and you're doing it all while you work and learn. But as I say, be mindful of the duration because some people think, oh, 12 months on apprenticeship, then I'm done. I can leave. No, the duration of the apprenticeships varies and it can be 12 to 18 months. But always be mindful to add an extra two to three months on top of that for endpoint assessment due to probably the high demand of endpoint assessments during the year. But it gives you an extra two, three months leeway just to be mindful of. So you're probably thinking a 12 months is now gone to a 16 to 18 months or an 18 month is now going into a 21, 22 months. You know, oh, my God, it's so long. It's just a safe buffer just in case. But be mindful because during that duration, you've got to commit to that time. The employer and the provider are going to commit to your learning and, and your, especially your learning, development and growth. So you need to do the same. So just be mindful of the durations. It's not a quick fix for all and it's not a quick overnight. It's going to take some time. And during that 12 to 18 months, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to gain the knowledge, skills and behaviours and get all the practical hands-on experience that you need to thrive and succeed in your apprenticeship. Also, think about your career progression and pathways. Now, apprenticeships are being used more and more in the form of a progression pathway. And for the company that I use, I use the apprenticeships to help people go from an entry-level role to kind of a senior to middle management role. And it normally is involved in housekeeping, which is the sector that I currently work in. And it's about taking a room attendant or a hotel cleaner from cleaning bedrooms up to becoming a head housekeeper and running their own housekeeping department. And that journey can take up to four to six years. So are you committed to go on to that journey? Because if you are, fantastic. You may only want to commit a year to two years to your development and get from a level two to a level three and complete your level five. Some people may want to start with their level three and get their level five 
and then move on. But just be mindful of the duration as it's key to note that because you have to complete the apprenticeship within the given time frame. Also, make sure that when you are going and applying for these roles, you stand out. And the reason and how you're going to stand out is by making sure you've researched the qualification that's offered. So if you're looking at jobs and an apprenticeship comes up on a job board and it says we're offering this apprenticeship to do business administration standard level three and you will join a busy team in a marketing department or a busy finance team, head over to the Institute for Apprenticeships and look at that apprenticeship. Look at the apprenticeship standard for business admin level three. Look at the endpoint assessment. So you get an understanding of what's required for your apprenticeship. Head over to the company website and review the company website. Also make sure you read and understand the job description. Because when you go for an interview, it's very much for 50-50. They don't know you, you don't know them. Both sides are nervous. And trust me, sitting on either side of the table, I can get nervous. And I'm just nervous at meeting new people for interviews as you guys are meeting the employer for the first time. So it's a good way for you to know in that meeting when we turn around to you and say, so what do you know about the company? You can go, well, actually, I know this. So what do you understand about your apprenticeship? What do you think you'll be doing day to day? Well, I've taken the time to read the standards from the Institute of Apprenticeships. I understand that, you know, the duties that I'm going to have to learn are X, Y, Z. And I know that I'm going to have to be committed to the next 12 to 18 months for my apprenticeship. So even if you've got notes, and this is, this is something as well, a top tip, go into an interview with notes and questions. A lot of people go into interviews with nothing. They go with their CV, they just go with themselves, have a chat with the whoever's there and walk away. You then are asked questions during your interview. So can you tell me a time when you work well in a team? Have you worked with deadlines before and have you missed them? When you missed them, what did you do? Can you give me an example of when you've not met a deadline and how have you then rectified that? There's all these wonderful interview questions, but sometimes you then sit there and go, so do you have any questions for us? And you sit there and go, um, 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 not the moment. And they say to you, okay, no worries. So if you do come back to us, best thing to do as you're doing your research on the qualification that that employer is offering on the job that they're offering, research them themselves, make some notes, get some questions down. Things like what will my career progression be like? Once I've completed my apprenticeship, what will be required of me? During my apprenticeship, will there be any pay rises or do I have to wait? It could be, you know, what are the holiday entitlements for an apprentice? You know, what are your expectations of me as an apprentice? So you can, and you can also, also throw this question. I understand that there is a six hour requirement for me to do my off the job learning. Can you tell me how that will be managed in my day to day duties as an apprentice? You know, is there a chance to be part of ambassador networks for apprenticeships? And we'll talk about that in a moment. You know, what is my, um, you know, has anybody else been employed on a similar apprenticeship and how successful did that look for them? So these are just some random questions. And if you if you want to know more interview questions for apprenticeship apprentices, reach out to me and I can show you some of the most common interview questions that you can get to help you prepare but just be prepared and have your questions and notes ready for the interview because we will have ours as an apprentice or a potential apprentice to join the business you should have yours so never feel that you can't walk into an interview with a notepad and pen with your questions already written 
It shows us as the employer that you are prepared and you are committed and dedicated to getting this job. And it gives you a step up against the rest and it makes you stand out. Now, also, what you can do um, as it is Apprenticeship Week um, and even after Apprenticeship Week, you can go back and look at all the amazing posts and things. But during this week, you should be following hashtag NAW2024, which stands for hashtag National Apprenticeship Week 2024. And then the hashtag theme is hashtag skills for life. You can always follow those and find even last year's previous kind of celebrations of apprentices and, you know, what employers were offering during Employer Tuesday and apprenticeships for all. And something may spark your interest. But always make sure that you follow those because even during the year, although National Apprenticeship Week may come to an end uh, at the end of this week, uh, people are still talking about it through the year. And they're always going to drop in that hashtag skills for life or hashtag National Apprenticeship Week 2024 to keep an eye out for it. Also, if you're applying for an apprenticeship, sometimes you will apply for apprenticeship that's been posted by a provider. Again, you may have to go and see the provider first, have a pre-interview with them before they put you forward to the employer. Again, research the provider. If it's, for example, Learning Curve, Hawk Training, GLP, um, Lifetime Training, you might want to have a look on their website and see what they do. They'll have case studies, resources, materials, information about the qualifications, a delivery plan of what the qualification looks like. So, for example, GLP is one provider that I work very closely with. And when looking at their qualifications in business admin, team leading management, facilities management um, or operations, you can go to their website and read about the qualification, and what they're offering, which is basically what you'd find on the IA or the Institute for Apprenticeship website but they may provide a little bit more information. What they'll also provide you is with a fact sheet and a delivery plan. So you can have a look at firsthand how that qualification may be delivered, what's expected of you every month or every part of the course. So what happens from induction to what's happening in month one, two, three, four, five, when your expected gateway is, what support's gonna be offered. So take a look and GLP is a really good one to look at. So have a look at them. But also, um, you know, attend job fairs. There are lots of different career fairs and job fairs around. One of the biggest ones, especially in London, and I know they do this in Milton Keynes, Birmingham, Manchester, and they do it around the country, is, is called the Job Show or the London Job Show. Now, recently this weekend was the London Job Show in Stratford. And I believe in April is the one in White City, um, which is near Shepherd's Bush. And it's huge. And there's one in Milton Keynes, Birmingham and Manchester soon. And lots of employers go to celebrate and promote their jobs and also their apprenticeships. So you could go along and they're free. They're normally on a Friday and a Saturday. Normally starts about 11 till 5 or 6. And what you can do on those two days is go see these employers, ask them questions about what jobs are on offer. Um, how do you get to work within their organization? What apprenticeships do they offer? What do they pay? Again. You can go with a set of list of questions you already kind of thought about. Um, you know, it, just just go and have a look. Follow the website. You can go onto the London Job Show website and you can see who's exhibiting. You can already see what jobs they've got. You can already start doing a bit of research and plan before you go. Obviously, during National Apprenticeship Week, there are lots of different company celebrations and events going on and job fairs, both virtually and face to face.
A lot of Department of Work and Pensions or the job centres have lots of apprenticeship fairs going on throughout the year. And they have lots of job fairs going on through the year. So again, make sure you attend those and ask if they do apprenticeships. There are some amazing apprenticeships in hospitality, in retail and other sectors. Places like Little Naudi and Ikea do amazing apprenticeships. So do Poundland and other organisations. Even McDonald's has a fantastic apprenticeship programme which covers all aspects of the restaurant from running the tills to making the food to serving the food to becoming a store manager to becoming a shift manager and various other things and yes you can have a career in mcdonald's so believe it or not you can same as you can have a career in cafe nero starbucks costa coffee and most of those high street coffee stores so an apprenticeship isn't restricted in any sector there's always one available. So just make sure you know what there is. And as I say, there are career paths with apprenticeships. So a lot of employers now are offering that entry uh, stage of kind of a level two, potentially level three, and you work your way up because you are the leaders of the future. You're the ones that will be running the businesses and taking charge as we all kind of die out. Um, as millennials and the baby boomers starts to disappear, then generation and the millennials, Generation X, Generation Alpha, etc., will be taking over. And don't worry, AI is not going to take over yet, so you'll be fine. But do attend job fairs and job shows. They're key. Um, so keep an eye out for them. And you can see lots coming up. Um, so, you know, even on um, there, there is a website as well uh, where you can search for different events. I call it things as event bites. Um, and then you can search for job fairs or job shows and it will list them. And a lot of them are free to attend, so do it. But remember, when you're doing an apprenticeship, the best thing about it is there's no money involved. You're not having to pay for anything. It's paid for by the apprenticeship levy. And employers have an apprenticeship levy, so don't worry. They're investing some of, their, of, of the levy into your development. And this is a great chance because an apprenticeship could cost anything from four and a half thousand to twenty one thousand pounds. And to think that that employer is investing that from their apprenticeship levy to help you grow and develop. And guess what? You don't pay a penny. There's no student debts. There's nothing. Whereas if you go and do the same apprenticeship within a college or a university, then you're going to have student debts and loans. And it's not great. As I said, another th great thing about apprenticeships is you earn while you learn. So you're earning a good salary while you're learning. But make sure, as I said, you're getting a fair wage. I have done a previous episode in season one. Now it's either episode three or four, and it's called Apprentice Wage, Fair or Not. And it talks about the apprentice wage and kind of how the current apprentice wage at 588 kind of fares up with the cost of living. And it doesn't. As I say, I'm an advocate for making sure that we stamp that apprentice wage out because it's not needed. What we need to be doing is paying you, the apprentice, the correct appropriate wage. And that is normally national minimum wage. Some employers may pay more. Fantastic. But be realistic. Wake up and smell the coffee. You may not get the desired wage you want and you can't expect to be paid 30, 40,000 pounds just like that. Try and aim for a wage that is at national minimum wage. So currently it's 10, 40 something. Um, but from the 1st of April, it goes up to 11.44. So go for those jobs that are 11.34 or above. That's your safe spot. Yeah. Anybody that's paying an apprentice wage 
So anything that's less than £11.44, I know employers and providers will hate me saying this, don't apply for it. It's not, it's not worth it. You're not going to get anything from it. You want to be working for an employer that invests in their apprentices. And you can tell that by how they pay their apprentices. So just remember, check the salary to make sure that it's feasible. Also, another thing about being an apprentice is you get some discounts. Now, being an apprentice, if you live in the London, any of the London boroughs, you can get a potential discount on your council tax, but you have to live in one of the 35 London boroughs. Another thing that you can do is also get student discount. So yes, it's the same student discount that you would get at college or university, but it's called an apprentice discount. And the discounts can be anything between 10 to 20%, and it gives you discount off cinemas, days out, holidays, travel, and all sorts. So there are some advantages of that. One of the things that you do have another advantage, especially being in London, is that for one year only of being at, why being an apprentice, you can have an apprentice Oyster card. The apprentice Oyster card lasts for about 12 months and it provides you with 30% off your travel bonus. So outside of London for travel, it may vary between different uh, transport carrier, but there may be certain um, discounts that they can offer. So or it's always good to check like Stagecoach, uh, Stagecoach and other uh, transport companies outside of, of London just to check what they offer. You may be surprised. So hopefully that's given you a little bit more insight into uh, apprenticeships for apprentices and some, some general advice and guidance. But also here's some tools for you as well. So when you're working on your apprenticeship, so when you're done your enrollment and you signed up and you're embarking on your amazing apprenticeship journey, here are some things or some extra tools that you might want to use. First one, Grammarly. Grammarly is a free service and you can pay a premium, which is quite expensive, but you don't have to. You can just use the basic premium account or the basic premium, sorry, the basic account. But Grammarly will help you with your punctuation, spelling, grammar. It'll also help you identify different terms and words you may have missed and help you rephrase and restructure your sentences and paragraphs. And it's great if you struggle with English or if you have dyslexia as it provides you with that information and support. You can download extensions for Word, Excel, Outlook, or for Microsoft packages, basic, basically, or you can log into Grammarly. You can type what you need to do, and it will provide you all the information. So that's one great tool. I use it day to day in work, and I've used it during my apprenticeships, and it has worked so, so well. Also, chat GPT. Yes. A lot of providers will be pulling their hair out when I when I say this, but ChatGPT can be very helpful. If you're stuck on a question or you're not too sure what something means, you can ask ChatGPT and it will tell you. But always use it and don't rely on its exactness because sometimes it's not always correct. And ChatGPT is only um, as good as the information it has. Now there is ChatGPT 3.5 and that's the free version. And what that does is that provides information up to a certain date and that could be up until September 2023 or it could be up until January 2024. It's just depending upon the last update. And you can always see that at the bottom that says last data updated or information updated till that point. So if you're looking for anything 
beyond that point, you're not going to get it. But by asking a question or asking, could you explain what conflict means? Or could you tell me what, if, if I'm looking at conflict, what's the best way to analyze a situation? Then chat GPT can help. But don't rely on it to complete your assignments. Okay, because you'll get caught out. Use it as an assistance tool to help you. You can even use ChatGBT and copy in your, your text into ChatGBT and say, can you check for any punctuation, grammar and spelling mistakes and change them for me and rewrite it with the correct spelling, punctuation, grammar in place. And it will rewrite it for you, making sure that all the correct spellings are amended and things. So yes, it can be a help. And if you're researching something, you can ask it questions and it will provide you information. But remember, you can ask it where it got its source of data from and it will tell you. The chat GPT-4 is a little bit more. There's more extensions and you have to pay for that. And that's about £20 a month. And that will give you more access to current data um, that is more up to date. Uh, and it will provide you with more sources of information of where it's looking for. So it's searching Bing, it's searching the internet, searching various sources, and that will help you as well. But remember, use it as an assistance. Don't use it to complete your apprenticeship, but use it to ask questions. So if you're stuck on something and you've got a, you've got a brain block and you don't know what a Venn diagram is, type into ChatGPT. Can you explain what a Venn diagram or give me an example? And it will do it. Yeah. Or I'm a bit stuck on how I should chair a meeting. Can you give me the steps I need to follow? And it can provide it. Okay. So ChatGBT has a bonus in some cases. Also YouTube. Yes. Believe it or not, YouTube. YouTube has a vast amount of videos and things in there. And YouTube is still very popular. So for example, YouTube can be used to do some off the job learning. Um, and we will come on to that shortly. But the off the job learning is things that are new skills and things that you need to learn to help you in your role or things that you're going to learn that you wouldn't need to do. So, for example, when doing my apprenticeship, my off the job hours have to be done. So I wanted to find out a bit more about Power Automate and how to use certain power uh, certain apps within Office 365 like Power BI and a few others. So there's an, ama an amazing guy called Kevin. Uh, he is a ex-Microsoft um, employee, and he does some amazing videos on Outlook, Word, PowerPoint. Um, he also does some amazing uh, videos on about Teams, Power BI, Power Automate. And those I've used to learn additional things that I may not need to know in my job, but it's good to know just in case I have to use it. And it has come up every again where I need to look at things. So I'm doing a lot of learning around Power Automate and Power uh, BI and um, Power Auto App. So I'm learning a lot from that. So use YouTube, but also, going to say it, use TikTok. Yes, TikTok. I said it. I haven't got it on my notes. And I'm reading my notes as it is there. And it's just popped into my mind. So I'm going to add it into my notes. Um, but use TikTok. There are lots of TikToks out there that you may be able to use. So especially when you're learning maths and English, and I've seen some amazing TikToks um, where people are explaining maths, make things easier, um, provide short bursts of information. So use some TikToks as well um, to try and find some things relating to the topic or the thing that you're looking for. Also, you can um, go to, uh, so as I said, part of your apprenticeship, you have what we call the endpoint assessment. 
And your endpoint assessment is going to be, as I say, a project, a discussion. It could be a knowledge test or a presentation. And one website that I love to use um, is the Highfields EPA, Highfields Endpoint Assessment uh, website. Highfields delivers certain qualifications, not every qualification, but certain ones. And it's been interesting for me because I've been able to go onto their endpoint assessment website and download the endpoint assessment guide, guides um, in regards to the different qualifications. So they don't do every qualification, but it gives you some resourcing materials and kind of helps you prep and prepare for the endpoint assessment. So it's quite interesting. Uh, so do pop over and have a look at those as well, because some of that information you won't get until the end of your apprenticeship uh, with your provider. But if you kind of know what there is and what's coming, there's no harm. And as a tutor and a trainer, I always believe in sharing everything. Um, but also Highfields have apprentice kits. So um, it might be worth looking at those as well and asking your provider if they use Highfields as an endpoint assessment and if they can get some apprentice kits for you because the apprentice kits are amazing. There are ones in uh, management, team leading, operation departmental management, all sorts. And they've got a plethora of stuff in there to, to use and learn from. So Highfields do have some great resources and materials as well. One of the things I will say is that most employers may have a mentor or mentee. Well, you're, you'll be known as the mentee, but you may need a mentor or coach. If your company doesn't offer a mentor or coach, then don't stress um, because uh, you may need it, you may not. But if you work in hospitality, for example, there's a great company called Tolo and they offer a mentoring ship. And Tolo is great because Tolo reaches out to hospitality um, and you know they link you with hospitality professionals that can provide mentoring, uh, mentoring to you um, and support you. Um, so if you are a hospitality apprentice and you're looking at potentially wanting a mentor to support you um, and help you in any way, then go onto the Atollo website, register as a mentee, and they can, uh, based on what you're looking for and what you want, they can tie you up with a mentor. And the reason I say that is I'm a mentor for Atollo. So yes, it's worth having a look at. Also, as I said before, LinkedIn, um, that's a great resource as well. Create yourself a LinkedIn profile. Um, again, it's a professional network. You can link in people uh, within the industry or sector you're working for or in. There are various apprenticeship groups. There are various um, companies that you can reach out to, even CEOs of companies and ask them, how did you become the CEO of this organization? Could you help me out? But also it's got some great advice and guidance on there. And then also there is LinkedIn learning. And then that can help you with your off the job as well as there's some amazing things that you can learn. And one thing you can do with LinkedIn learning is set yourself a career path of what, where you want to work towards or the job you really want. And it will give you uh, the learning to help you get there. So that's some tools you can use. But also being an apprentice is also great because um, there's something called the um, the Apprenticeship Ambassador Network. I would say research it, type into Google Apprenticeship Ambassador Network. And what you can do is become an ambassador for apprenticeships. Really get involved. If you really want to get involved in apprenticeships and really fly the flag for apprenticeships yourself as an apprentice or want to, you know, really get out there and network with others, I would say 
apply to be an, an ambassador for apprenticeships. But also a good thing as well is there is the uh, National Apprenticeship Awards every year. And if you're doing really well, then your company or your training provider could nominate you for Apprentice of the Year, even better. Also, what you could do is you could create a blog about your apprenticeship and blog about your, your journey as an apprentice, what you're doing, what you've learned, how you're finding it's helping you grow and develop. Um, and that will and that can be shared via the hashtags, hashtag skill for life, hashtag national apprenticeship week. It could be hashtag my apprentice journey. It could be showcased in next year's apprentice and national apprenticeship week. But you may want to, you know, blog your journey. It doesn't have to be a blog every week, but it could be a, a monthly blog that you do. Whether it be a vlog, so a video blog, or it be a, you know, a TikTok or whatever it may be. But if you're doing that, just check with the employer to make sure it's okay because they can also help you by if you create the content they normally got a social media marketing company and they can help support push that out across the company and within the industry so you may want to do that and that's another way of being a great ambassador and spokesperson for apprenticeships if you really want to do that and then as i said earlier you want to be celebrating your milestones and achievements so if you've achieved your functional skills in maths and english you've achieved so many assignments, you're ahead of target, you're really doing well, you've done something fantastic, celebrate it, be proud. Now, I'm going to find a bit of an extra twist on this. Now, I spoke about off-the-job learning, and this off-the-job learning means that you get six hours a week for off-the-job, and that's doing things from research to recording time that you spend with your tutor to reading a magazine, doing... Um, you know, or a news article, learning something new on YouTube, you know, cross-training in another department, whatever it may be, you can record that as your six hours, within your six hours, but you can't go over your six hours in a week. But you have a, no a set number of hours, normally about 290 hours, I think, probably, uh, to, to do over the duration of your apprenticeship. So don't stress, it can be done. Um, but I will be tackling that with government soon and lobbying to get that changed. But one of the things that I always find and some of the apprentices that I know find struggling with is just trying to remember what they've done. So what you could do is one of two things. You could always pop in your Outlook diary any learning that you've done on the day you did it and roughly the time you did it for uh, and then just make a quick note of what it was you did or get a jar um, and you can have this as one jar for everything yeah you can have an achievement jar and you can so you can have two empty jars one could be your achievement and one could be your off the job jar and just get a small post-it note and a pen and then when you feel that you've achieved something for your apprenticeship or you've achieved something that day or that week write it down and stick it in the achievement jar when you've completed some learning or you feel that you've learned something different or you've done some studying and you were right, okay, two hours studying on this today. Write it on the post-it note, stick it in the off-the-job jar. And at the end of every month, empty them out. And there we have it. There's a record of what off-the-job activities you've done. And there's also a record of what achievements you've done. Um, and that's a great way to then help you remember, but also to then add that to your logs. So give it a go. Get an off-the-job jar and uh, a achievement jar so it's just two empty jars with the labels off the job achieve off the job 
and achievements, one post-it note, and then write what you've either achieved or what learning you've done and stick it in the jars, easy peasy. And you'll see it becomes a lot more easier. Give it a go. Well, I will also say as well, which is a good thing, and that can be as part of your off the job as well, is create a CPD log. Now, in most professions like teaching education, you have to keep a minimum of 30 hours CPD. CPD stands for Continuous Professional Development. It's very similar to what have you, what training have you done to stay up to date with your industry? Again, reading a magazine, watching a YouTube video, attending a training session online, whether it be virtual or in a classroom, you've completed some e-learning for work, um, you know, you attended a, uh, an exhibition or an event, um, you know, make a record of those. And some of the stuff from the off the job jar or the achievement jar could go onto your CPD log um, and just keep that. But as best practice throughout your whole career, keep a CPD log, that continuous professional development log. Set yourself a minimum of 30 hours a year to do that. So 30 hours minimum requirement a year for a CPD log. You could add, uh, add a little bit more, but then what you do is you keep that log itself so that you can show in the, when you have your annual reviews or you have um, your apprenticeship reviews or you have your review with your employer. They say to you, so what have you learned this year? Well, if you show your CPD log, you say, well, actually, look at everything I learned this year. I've done all of this stuff shows that you're proactive. And you can keep those logs for future reference. Also, what you can do is you could reach out to other apprentices or you can reach out to your training provider for support. You can reach out to your tutors. You can reach out to the HR team. You can always reach out to people within the organization. But as I also say, LinkedIn is a great way to reach out. And if you're listening to this, you can reach out to me and ask me any questions. We're all there to provide you advice and guidance and point you in the right direction. Never be afraid to ask any questions. No matter how silly you think the question is, always ask it. Whether you're on your journey or you're looking to start your journey, ask those questions. Now, remember, it's your apprenticeship. So you need to commit. You need to do the work. No one's going to do it for you. And just remember, there is a slight hidden golden rule that not a lot of people really know about. And I'm going to tell you another little secret. Most apprenticeships may be between 12 to 18 months or 18 to 24 months, depending on the level and the duration. OK, so the duration is probably based on the level and the amount of learning that needs to be done. Some people always ask me the question, can I do my apprenticeship a lot sooner? Well, the answer is yes, you can. You can't do it in a week. You can't do it in a month. You can't do it in three months or six months. But. If you concentrate and make sure you commit to your six hours, make sure you commit to all your learning and, and ticking off your action plan and getting everything done. As long as you're on your apprenticeship for 12 months and seven days from the day you started, you can achieve your apprenticeship. And what that means is in that 12 months and seven days, if you have all of your learning completed, all your off the job logs, uh, hours logged, your maths and English logged and completed, or your assignments and evidence completed, and it's all ready to go in 12 months and seven days, what you can do is the provider then can initiate the endpoint assessment early, okay? Which means you'll get done a bit early. 
So can you finish your apprenticeship in a year? Yes, you can, but it's a year and seven days, seven working days, okay? And remember, this is your apprenticeship. Another top tip as well is, although you may see a delivery of what will be covered every month, so month one will cover this unit, month two will cover that unit, month three will cover that. What I will suggest, suggest is if you have a look at the units you're working on, if you feel that there's a unit in month seven or eight, is more relevant to what you're doing now, speak to your tutor about moving those around. And you should be able to move that around and complete a unit that's more relevant to you now than waiting six or seven months to get to that unit. Because once you get there, what's the point? If you're, if you're kind of working on that unit now, tell your tutor, try and get that unit done first. It may mix the, the learning up a little bit, but it's fine. And then one final bit of advice. Sometimes employers can disappear and sometimes apprentices may lose the, their apprenticeship due to the employer making them redundant due to various reasons. But don't stress. If for some reason you're made redundant by your employer, you can speak to your training provider and your training provider can help you put your apprenticeship on pause and help you find another employer who can pick up where your apprenticeship was left off and carry on your apprenticeship as well as placing you in a new work placement. There are many provisions that have been put into place for this, especially from the pandemic. We all learned from the pandemic the impact it had on apprentices losing their placements because of the COVID situation and the mass pandemic globally. So we all learn, which is great for you as an apprentice because we've put practices and processes in place to protect your apprenticeships. And the employment agencies and also the, I say the employment agencies, but what I mean to say is the you know, the Education Skills Funding Agency and the Department for Education made sure that there was policies in place to protect your apprenticeship. But also, if you decide to leave your employer for whatever reason, you're not happy or you, you know, you've been offered another job similar, but with more pay, for example, you don't have to end your apprenticeship. Your apprenticeship can go with you. All you need to do is advise your new employer and the provider that you're doing or advise your new employer that you're doing your apprenticeship and you'd like to continue it and let them link in with the provider and the provider will update them and then you can carry on your apprenticeship with them because your apprenticeship goes with you now if you do leave then what would normally happen is that the there has to be a conversation between your old employer and the training provider in regards to that but if a new employer is willing to pick you up they can also do that as well so it's a little bit complicated in the background it seems complicated, but it's not. It's very straightforward. And if that happens, you just need to speak to your provider or your tutor, and they'll advise you the next best steps. But also, worst case scenario, you're doing your apprenticeship and, your, and the provider that you're using it with disappears, ceases trading. What do you do? Don't fear. This does sometimes happen from time to time, but very rarely. If for some reason you're told by your employer that the provider no longer exists and they've shut and currently your apprenticeship is on hold, do not stop learning. You already have the plan that you have. And normally when a provider stops or ceases trading, you'll still have access to the online portfolios. As most providers are, you know, hosting their portfolios by other platforms. Those platforms will allow you for another year to continue using their service. During this time, I would strongly recommend that you download all the work that you've got on that platform. 
and make sure you've got all your apprenticeship work, assignments, evidence, and everything saved in a safe place. Because when your apprenticeship provider has disappeared, your employer will be linked in with the Department for Education and the, in the ESFA, it's the Education Skills Funding Agency, and they will all work together to find a new training provider so your apprenticeship can continue. Don't worry about it. That's down to your employer, the DFE and the ESFA, and potentially your new provider. But just carry on your learning. Carry on recording your off-the-job hours, your CPD log, carry on uh, on any assignments you've got, or if there's another assignment you're working on, you can carry it on. I will do another um, podcast later on uh, where I will talk about how to continue your apprenticeship when your provider is no longer around um, and how to deal with that transition as an apprentice because it can be quite stressful sometimes. But as long as you have all your work downloaded and you can carry on recording your off-the-job hours and you, you carry on what's needed to do, when the new provider comes, you just give them everything and they'll pick up from where you left off. So it's not that bad. I know that sounded like a little bit of doom and gloom at the end, but please, it's not. Your journey as an apprentice is only yet to begin. And if you're currently on your journey, you're doing an amazing, um, you're doing amazing work. I nearly lost my train of thought there, but you're doing amazing work and you're reaching so many milestones. Make sure you celebrate them and make sure you celebrate your achievements. If you want to get involved more about apprenticeships and really fly the flag for apprenticeships as an apprentice, remember you can research the Ambassador Network anywhere in the country and join the Ambassador Networks within your regions. You can also create blogs and get your employees to post them out. And that's another way for you to showcase the amazing work you're doing. But really showcase your apprenticeship. No matter who you are, no matter what industry you're working in, you've got it. You can do it. Well, I'm now going to wrap up this podcast and it's been another long one and um, I want to keep these as short as I can. I don't want to waffle on too much, but I hope that the advice and guidance and information I provided in this episode will help apprentices either existing or those that are about to start their journey or are wanting to unlock their, their career pathway with an apprenticeship. And I hope it provides you that key information. One really last thing I will say is apprenticeships are for all ages. And this is the key thing. Apprenticeships are not restricted to age. You can do an apprenticeship from 16 up until, you know, you're 100. Um, but I would say there are employees out there that will take on older apprentices. For example, EasyJet. I've said this before. EasyJet has employed a lot of people over the age of 55 to get them to back into work as cabin crew. And they're doing amazing jobs. And they're doing their apprenticeship in cabin crew. And yes, there are apprenticeships in cabin crews. And there are apprenticeships in becoming pilots and apprenticeships in teachers and apprenticeships in nursing and apprenticeships in becoming a doctor. So look out for those. As I said, there's vast amounts of apprenticeships out there and so much to do where you don't have to pay any fees because they're already picked up by the employers by the apprenticeship levy, even bonus. You've just got to commit to the study and the time. So whatever age you are, if you're starting your journey, about to start your journey, or considering starting your journey, the apprenticeship is the way. There are amazing employers and training providers out there that will support you as well as the tutors in every step of your journey. So I will end it there now. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow we'll look at T-levels uh, uh, and we'll talk a bit more about the technical qualifications of what a T-level is and how that affects the industry for both employees and apprentices. 
So keep posted for that episode tomorrow as that'll be the fourth in this mini series for National Friendship Week. Remember, you can go back and listen to this podcast and any of the others uh, via RSS, Apple Music, um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. You can also listen to this on the YouTube channel, Say As It Is With Pete. And I am thanking everybody for subscribing, but also share this episode and any of the others with anyone that you think it will help. And enjoy the rest of the episode. And I will catch you.